The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today I'd like to continue talking about mindfulness of the body, being aware of our bodies. Last week I kind of overviewed this topic from the perspective of what the Buddha had to say about mindfulness of the body. He gave instructions on mindfulness in one of his discourses. And uh, in that discourse, he talked about different areas of our experience to be aware of. And the body was the first area he highlighted. And um, I think that there's some importance to that. You know, why, why start there? Why start with mindfulness of the body? And I think um, partly because, I mean, a couple of reasons. One thing I pointed to in the guided meditation, that when we are aware of our bodies, when the mind and body are together in the present moment, that's that's a kind of meditation, a kind of um, connection with present moment experience. The body is always in the present moment. So if we can be aware of our bodily experience, we are aware in the present moment. So that's a helpful, it's a helpful uh, tool for us to um, get familiar with what it actually means to be aware of the body. I think, too, I don't know if it was true in the time of the Buddha, but it's certainly true now that uh, in our culture, um, many of us are kind of disconnected from our bodies. We um, live in our heads, we live in our thoughts, we live in our ideas. And we're not so aware all the time of what's actually going on in our bodies. And as we begin to be aware of that, we, we start to see that actually our body gathers a lot of information. It, uh, it's like a very sensitive antenna that's taking in information from the world. And often we're kind of living somewhat removed from that information, that we're living... Um, in our ideas about what's happening rather than in the actual experience of what's happening in our bodies. And so um, it's a big part of our experience, the bodily experience. It's a huge part of what happens to us. But a lot of the times we're actually um, living in our minds. So we're not really connecting with the actual bodily experience. So the, another reason I think that the Buddha highlighted the body as the first thing he talked about is that it's one of the most easy things to be aware of. We can relatively easily know, you know that, that our body is here um, if we take some time to actually start thinking about it and start exploring it. What does it mean to experience our bodies? Now for me this was, uh, this was um, something I had to consciously work on initially that, um, you know, I really, I lived in my mind, I lived in my thoughts, I lived in my ideas of the past and future, and this seemed completely normal to me. And when I began exploring my body, it's like, oh, wow, I don't, you know, I don't really pay attention to this too much. And it took me some time to start really connecting with that. So it's, um, it is kind of obvious when we actually turn our attention there, but it may not be so obvious if we're just living our lives in our normal way. I think another aspect of the importance or the reason for attending to the body is that it really helps us to become aware of what is the distinction between our bodies and our minds. These are, these are conflated often. This notion of body is conflated with what's happening in our minds. Um, you know, just as a, um, an example from my own life, um, I, had a, I had a frozen shoulder at one point, and um, there was quite a bit of pain and tightness and tension in the shoulder as well as in the whole body. And I thought, yeah, I'm being aware of just the body. I mean, to me, it felt like there was a kind of an inflammation in the shoulder that had leaked out or kind of suffused through the whole body. And it felt 
to me very much like the whole body was kind of engaged in this in this inflammation. And I had this idea in my mind that, you know, the inflammation that was in my shoulder was somehow traveling through my bloodstream and kind of impacting my whole body. So I had this idea that it really was a bodily experience that my whole body felt tense and tight because of this frozen shoulder. And so I was exploring um, over a long time because this frozen shoulder lasted nearly a year. But uh, So I was exploring over a long period of time these sensations, just as bodily experience and noticing when I reacted, you know, when, when there was tightening in the mind around this, you know, frustration about the fact that I couldn't move my shoulder. So just noticing how the body and mind interacted. And there were times I could see that the frustration would kind of lead me to tense up more. So seeing that there's an interaction between body and mind there. And then one day as I was... Um, noticing all of this, noticing all of this sensation in my body and, um, you know, noticing the, 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 the pain in the shoulder and how it impacted the whole body. At one point, I felt something in my mind let go. It was clearly a mental relaxing around the entire um, experience. And as the mind kind of let go as the mind relaxed around the fact that there was this pain in my shoulder and, you know, kind of whole body engagement with it. As the mind let go, for just a few moments, the kind of feeling of the inflammation through the whole body vanished. The pain in the shoulder was still there, but there was just this recognition that 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 whole body tightening was actually because of something that was going on in my mind, not something actually in the body. So this, this kind of distinction between mind and body can be very subtle. It can be obvious in some ways in that when we get um, frustrated or irritated or angry or annoyed, then we can see how that impacts our body. So we can see that there's a feedback from our mind and our emotions into our body. And we can sometimes see, too, that when we have bodily experience, that it kind of leads us into emotional experience. I mean, just a simple example, you know, you cut your hand you know, with a knife. You know, there's the pain of the cut. There's the bodily pain. And then there's all the reactivity in the mind about what just happened. So bodily experience also leads to mental experience. And so there's this very tight feedback between mind and body. And so as we become more and more aware of what body is, we begin to see this distinction between our minds and our bodies. And the reason why this is so helpful is because our, um, our struggles, our reactivity, our difficulties around our experience and in this case around our physical experience, are born in our minds. It's not, it's not, um, it's not, we, oh, what's the right words? Um, locked in that we have to react to particular bodily experience. It's a habit that we have. It's a, it's a kind of a way that we've learned to um, respond to experience. In particular, unpleasant experience we tend to be very reactive to. We don't like it. We don't want it. We want to get rid of it. We want to fix it. We want to change it. We get frustrated. We get angry. We get irritated. All of those kinds of reactions happen when there's unpleasant experience in the body. And this we start to see as we start to pay attention to the body, we start to see that this reactivity is not preordained. It's not determined. That's the word I was looking for. It's not deterministic that if we have unpleasant experience in the body that we have to experience reactivity in the mind. Now, for me, this was news. You know, this, this was news. I, I, um, I thought that you know, I didn't have much control over that reactivity. But as we begin to explore this, what's happening in the body, and then we see how the, the mind responds, reacts to our bodily experience, we see there's a very short gap 
between what happens in our body and what happens in our minds. And in that very short gap, there is a doorway. Uh, there's a, 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 there's a, a possibility that with mindfulness, we can um, witness what's happening and not react. Now, that, that takes a lot of training. It takes time to get to the place where the mind can actually see that gap, see that kind of doorway of possibility to not head down the, the road of our habitual reactivity. And mindfulness of the body is, is a way to begin to cultivate the capacity to begin to see that gap between bodily experience and our usual habit of reactivity to what's happening in the body. So in the, um, the Buddha's discourse on mindfulness of the body, as I said last week, he talks about a number of different approaches. And I think he talks about these different approaches because people are different. You know, some people can resonate and connect with certain ways to pay attention to the body, and other people have other ways in. And today I'd like to explore, I think, probably just one of those ways um, and next week, I, what I'd like to do over the next couple of weeks is explore two of the main ways that have been really helpful for me in exploring my experience of the body. Uh, and those are being aware of the breath. And then the, the second one is being aware of kind of the sensation level of our physical experience. What, is, what are the actual sensations in our body? Not, not the ideas about it, but what the actual sensations are. Vibration, tingling, pulsing, heat, coolness, tightness, tension, heaviness, lightness, that kind of thing. So those two have been really helpful for me in terms of exploring what it means to be with this body. And so I'll start today with talking about the breath and being mindful of the breath. And probably, my guess is probably next week, I'll talk about um, this other aspect of the actual sensation level of experience. Um, Because I'd like to have some time for discussion. So my guess is we won't get to that second one today. So with the breath... The instructions the Buddha offers on the breath are pretty simple, actually. Um, the first thing he suggests is just know that you're breathing. Now, the, the instructions on breathing go through four steps. You know, know that you're breathing. Know kind of how long the breath is, whether it's a long breath or a short breath. And then um, see if there can be an inclination towards uh, oh, the, the next one is um, seeing if you can recognize how the breath impacts the whole body. And then seeing if you can incline the breathing to uh, settle down the body. That, that off, I mean, like that tension, that, re, that uh, kind of um, energy in our body we can settle that down by connecting with the breathing. Now, one of the things I want to I just talk about before I talk about each of those pieces just briefly is um, how, do we, how do we turn our attention to experience? For me, this has actually been um, a big part of the learning around mindfulness of breathing. And again, one of the things I think that we, um, one of the benefits of exploring mindfulness of breathing is that we begin to see that the way we bring our attention to our experience of breathing hugely impacts the experience of the breathing itself. So for instance, just the way that I tended to bring my attention to my breathing, you know, I picked a space. You know, at first it was like my abdomen, that's where I was paying attention. Now I mostly pay attention to, to, to right under my sternum. That's where it feels most clear to me and kind of the center of the body. It's a congenial space for me to rest my attention. Others may notice it more in the nostrils or in the throat, but just wherever you notice it, 
Um, what I found when I was initially starting this exercise is that it felt like to try to pay attention to the breath, I like tried to narrow down my attention. I tried to, you know, just, it, it's kind of like if you want to look at something um, on, a, on a picture, you know, you might mo- move in really close. If you want to see some detail, you might move in really close and say, what is that? What is that? You know, and there's kind of a, a narrowing down that happens to try to look at that thing and not look at other things. And that's the way my mind initially practiced with the awareness of breathing. And this led to a very tight, tense, um, contracted kind of awareness. And it was hard. It was like, wow, this is really hard. You know, how do I pay attention to my breathing while the train is, you know, going by? You know, it's like, I can't not hear the, the train. Maybe I better move in closer. You know, so that's how my mind worked. But what I've discovered over a very long time of paying attention to the breathing is more of a relaxed, open attention. Not narrowing the attention. Not trying to exclude other things. But try, it's more of a like allowing the breath to be um, in the front, in the foreground. And let everything else be there, not trying to push it away. But just allowing the breath to be there and let everything else be there too. And one way I phrased this to myself, like I was doing this during the, the guided, after the, I finished the guided meditation and I was just paying attention to my breathing. There was all kinds of sounds. I think there was a leaf blower and there was a train going by and you know, there's just noise happening. And of course my mind noticed that. But rather than trying to contract down and force my attention to be with the breath while that other stuff was happening. So I'm like, oh yeah, there's that, and the breath, and the breath. And I just kept saying, and the breath, and the breath, just to kind of keep me back with this rhythm of being with the breath. Now, again, I think I mentioned this a little bit in the guided meditation, but you know, what is the benefit of that? Why, why do that? Why pay attention to the breathing? I mean, it, it, partly it helps us to settle down our minds. You know, I think one of the, the key things that we see as we pay attention to our breath in our bodies is that it's not easy. You know, we sit down and we bring our attention to our breath, and what we notice is that our mind wanders. Our mind starts thinking about that leaf blower, you know, we have images of that leaf blower in our mind. We start arguing with the leaf blower. Why do you have to do that right now? So our minds get kind of pulled off into something other than the breath. And this is a very habitual way our minds work. We have trouble resting our attention with something. We, we, we learn at times how to force our attention onto something. But it's harder to just allow our attention to rest with something. One thing I found from my own um, experience is when is it easier to have the attention on something? Well, when it's interesting, it's easier for the attention to be with something. So uh, when my mind is really interested in a book or something, you know, it'll just go right into that and it won't be distracted by other stuff. Now, the breath is a pretty neutral thing, and so, you know, most people find, especially initially, that the breath is not very interesting. And so it's, it's a little bit of a learning around, well, how do I learn how to not let the mind just get pulled all over the place? So the, this practice of trying to settle the mind on one experience with the breath, it helps us to learn, first of all, about what our minds habitually do, which is to kind of be all over the map, pulled around by various sensations or ideas or memories or whatever. When you're sitting in meditation, it's like the whole world comes to visit you. you know, you're, 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 um, you're remembering things that happened when you were 10 or you're thinking about that holiday you're going to take and where you're going to be and what you're going to do. And it's like you're just sitting here in this room and it's like everything comes to visit you. So we, we learn what, that, that that's what our minds do. 
And it's not so much that it's um, that we're we're trying to that we're judging that, but we are seeing can we learn to let go of that tendency for our mind to just kind of take off into all kinds of trajectories. When our mind takes off into those different trajectories, it tends to, because we're not really aware of it doing it, clearly aware of it doing that, what it tends to do is it picks up on its habits of reactivity. So we all have our own familiar habits of the way that we uh, respond to things, react to things. And... um, when our mind goes off, like mind tends to be reactive to things that it doesn't like. I mean, that's one of my, my big patterns, is that if there's something unpleasant happening in experience, my mind tends to try to figure out how to get rid of it. And in fact, my whole mind is gravitated towards those things that are unpleasant. It's like my mind is scanning the environment, looking for unpleasant things so I can figure out how to get rid of them. So in my experience... When um, I'm paying attention to my breath, often the mind will get pulled to other things and it will highlight the unpleasantness of those. And because the mind gets lost, it tends to get into the reactive mode. No, I don't like that. I don't want that. I want to get rid of it. As we pay attention to our breath, the simple activity of paying attention to our breath begins to reveal our habits of mind begins to reveal the ways that we typically are reactive. And if we can, in this practice, recognize, oh, here I am waking up into arguing with the leaf blower, with the guy that's blowing the leaves. You know, if, I'm, if, I get, if I get into argument, notice I'm waking up into that. It's like, okay, here I am. I woke up into that. Can I just notice, first of all, how has it impacted me to have been going off in that trajectory? That's the first thing. How has it impacted me? Oh, tension has developed in the body. Okay, maybe I can relax, release that tension. And then can I gently let go of that pull in that direction, let go of that habit? Essentially, one of the teachings the Buddha offers is whatever we frequently ponder becomes the inclination of our minds. And the more we ponder that, the more it becomes our inclination. So if we can recognize, okay, my mind's off doing that inclination of reactivity, can I acknowledge that, notice the tension it's created, and see if I can just gently let it go? Can I let go of that direction and then come back to something simple like the breathing? So this Exploration around mindfulness of breathing gives us a huge learning, first of all, in where our minds go. We learn about our habits of mind by trying to bring our attention to this bodily experience of breathing. We learn a little bit about how we can let go of of that reactivity. We learn learn a lot about the um, habitual ways that we tend to react. And we also begin to see that that reactivity is just in our minds. You know, that, that what's happening is that we're sitting here in this room and a memory comes up. A memory of something we said or did or something somebody said or did to us. That memory has arisen. And then emotion flows into us because of that memory. So this is... This is all that this, um, a lot of what happens to us, a lot of the ways we struggle, the ways we get in trouble, the ways we get stressed or frustrated or the ways that we suffer, just to use that more general term, are not so much because of what's happening in the present moment in our bodies, although there may be unpleasant experience in our bodies, but mostly it's about our minds reacting to it. And so this very simple exercise of paying attention to the breathing begins to help us to learn these things about our minds. And this this gentle approach of uh, not forcing our minds to be with the breath, 
but, but more settling back and opening to and the breath and the breath gives us a much lighter, it makes it more pleasant. I'll say it makes it way more pleasant to be with the breath. When I was forcing my attention to be with the breath, it generally was not a pleasant experience. It's like trying really hard to see something that wasn't very interesting. (laughs) And it's like the mind got really tight around that. So that actually wasn't such a helpful way to try to pay attention. And when I began more relaxing, opening to, oh, and the breath, and the breath, a lot more pleasantness began to arise. The breath became much more interesting (laughs) the more I relaxed. So, and then there's a more natural interest, a natural way to be with the breath as the breath gets more interesting. It's partly more interesting because we see how soothing and settling it is. It can be. How soothing and settling it can be to pay attention to the breath. So a couple of tricks I'll offer you that I've learned over hard-won experience with uh, paying attention to the breath. Um, this one about and the breath is a relatively new one, you know, that I just, oh, there's that and the breath. And just, and, and so that using that kind of as a reminder, you know, I don't have to push those things away. It's not breath. It's not pay attention to the breath. It's, oh, and the breath is happening. Yeah, there's that sound and the breath is happening. And it's just inclining the mind to connect with the breath in preference a little bit of preference to the breath, but not pushing other things away. So that's one way that I've explored this. Another way is um, what, I've, I know, what I described initially was that way that we typically collapse down, or many of us, I think, collapse down. It's like, okay, there's the breath there. You know, how do I like, pay attention to that little quarter-sized space? We have an idea that the breath is happening in this really small space, and it's like we take our attention and we try to push it down into a very small location. And for me, what I've, I've uh, found is that, that kind of doing the opposite, instead of trying to get the, the, the attention to come down to be very small, see if it can be kind of more of an expansive feeling, letting the awareness be big, kind of not collapsing down the attention, letting the awareness be broad, and then seeing if you can allow the sensations to get as big as the awareness. Almost like, um, you know, how you might um, have a photograph on a computer screen, and then if you want to, you know, uh, look at a part of the picture a little bit more in detail, um, you... I mean, the word is, is, is off. We say zoom in, but actually let's expand it. You know, that's what happens. We're, we're, we're zooming that little thing to become big. So the, that little place fills up the whole screen. And it's kind of like that, that we can allow the feeling in that small area to just kind of get big. It's just an image for me that's been helpful. To, to help connect with this experience of breathing in a more relaxed way. Another way that has been helpful for me in connecting with the experience of breathing has been um, not trying to look directly at the experience where it seems like it's happening. Um, it's more almost like I'm hanging out with the awareness back here somewhere and not trying to look for the breath, not trying to find it directly, but just kind of saying, well, is it there? Is it there? And for me, this analogy, an analogy for this is um, it's kind of like not looking directly at it. In fact, sometimes I, I have the sense if I'm paying attention here, if this is where the breath is being experienced, it's almost like I think about looking just around that area, you know, kind of in this whole area here, and not directly kind of saying, what's happening right in that spot, but more, what's happening around it? And then it, it almost seems like that experience pops into view because I'm not trying to look at it so closely. It's almost like the sensations of breathing can be kind of quiet or delicate 
or subtle. And um, when we, we, we turn our attention directly on them, it's like they're, they're very shy and they like, they disappear. So it's almost like, I don't know if any of you have looked in the night sky, at stars in the night sky. There's some, some stars um, that are kind of fuzzy and they're hard to see because they're so dim. And if you try to look directly at them, it's like you can't see them at all. They, they vanish. But if you just look just off to the side, then you can see that star. So it's kind of like that, almost taking in the peripheral experience of what's happening around the breath and then seeing if the... What I found is that when I do that, when I don't look directly at the breath, the sensations of the breath then become more apparent. So it's, it's, uh, it's like that, that kind of zooming in kind of attention can obliterate or obscure the actual experience. So more of a broad kind of approach. So just right now, let's play with this. Where do you, wherever you feel the breath most clearly, you may just close your eyes for a second and wherever, you, we'll just go through a few places. So some of you may feel it kind of in your nostrils, just noticing there may be sensations in your nostrils or inside your throat. Perhaps some of you might notice the movement of the diaphragm just under the sternum. Or you might notice the movement, the expansion of the rib cage, or the rising and falling of the abdomen. So wherever it's clearest to you, wherever it's easiest for you to feel that experience of the breath, Just for right now, let your attention stay there. And then, you know, seeing if you can keep in your mind that you're paying attention to that experience, but not not try to look directly at it. You can almost feel like you're moving the attention back a little bit, being having the attention be a little more broad. allowing it to be relaxed. And seeing if there can be a sense of knowing the experience in that place without directly looking at it. So how was that? Did any of you have a sense of that? Anybody want to comment on that? Did anybody have a sense of what I was talking about? Some yeses. Anybody not get it, what I was talking about? I mean, I, I, can, I can well imagine that it might not make sense to everybody because minds are different. So if you, didn't, if you didn't get it, that's not, you know, it's not a problem. It's just there's probably another way in for you. Go ahead. When I breathe, and it's probably pulling some of my thoughts into my breath process, but I, um, I kind of focus on the, when I, it's in my, the middle part of my body and it expands. Mm-hmm. And I, I focus on the peak of it. So when I'm inhaling, when I peak, it kind of goes it's and broader. Yeah. my entire body up to my head and down uh-huh. to my toes, uh-huh. which makes me relax. Yes. And then it, uh-huh. it gives me that space that yeah. we are talking about. Yeah. So, so that for you, it's, it's kind of more the broadening of the awareness in a way and then allowing the experience when, when the breath peaks, that's where you can really feel that broader sense. Right, so it's almost letting go, Uh which really is a great feeling. But 
I know I bring my mind into it if well, I'm we doing do. that. We do. I mean, it's okay, actually, um, to do that. That, In fact, some, some um, teachers say that this instruction, this first instruction of the Buddha, which is, you know, when you're breathing in, know that you're breathing in. You know, this is like keeping the breath in mind. It's okay to, to use the, the, the mind to help us with that. And then over time, what I found is that it gets more natural. That, that experience of that sense of expansive attention gets more natural. And we don't have to work so hard with the mind over time. Yeah. Anyone else want to share anything? As I was doing that, um, so I was aware of the breath. I, I heard some noises. I, uh, I became aware of the noises, but I continued to feel sensations of the breath in the body, mm-hmm. the rising and the falling of it. And it was. It was interesting. I never had this experience quite this way before. The um, the movement of the breath was physical. The awareness of the sound um, was really a, a mental awareness mm-hmm. uh, in in my mind. Um, uh, they were happening at the same time. Uh huh. Yes. Uh-huh. And so that that's kind of using that and breath kind of exploration as well. You know, just, yeah, there's things can happen at the same time. And it's, um, you know, if we have this idea that being mindful of something means that we're only aware of that thing and nothing else, it will be uh, an exercise in tightening and pushing. And so it, it's really helpful to recognize, yeah, there can be multiple things happening at the same time. It, it can add that sense of relaxation to the experience of breathing. And for me, this exploring, being aware of the breath in a relaxed way is huge. Uh, if, if you find in, what I found at least in my exploration of this, I finally, as I was um, exploring a concentration retreat at some point, I recognized that my habitual way of saying, yep, I'm going to hold on to that breath, I'm just going to hold on to that breath, was actually creating a kind of a very brittle, rigid experience in the, in the mind. It let me get somewhat concentrated, but if something happened, you know, it would jar me out of that. And I began recognizing that the way in for me, it's much more helpful to be really patient around being with the breath. If if I feel like, you know, oh, there, there's a breath right there. Okay, I can be with that with, in a relaxed way, with that breath. If it feels like I start to narrow down and type, like, oh, i got to hold on to that breath, then it's just like I let go. I, I go back to, okay, let me go back to relaxation. Let me remind myself what it means to be relaxed. Let me remind myself how it might be possible to be relaxed and pay attention to the breath. Over and over again, kind of doing that back and forth. Slowly, very slowly, the mind began to recognize, oh, here's how I can pay attention to the breath and be relaxed. But there doesn't have to be a dichotomy there. It doesn't have to be that paying attention to the breath means the mind is tight and rigid and gripping. It can, it can be very slowly kind of inclining the mind that way. It's kind of like, yeah, let's, let's move this direction, kind of gently ushering the attention. Let's move this direction. And if the mind ever got tight or tense, again, I just go, okay, let me remind myself of what it means to be relaxed and pay attention to the breath. So for me, I found that being very patient about the initial trying to be with the breath, to not have the agenda that being with the breath is the most important thing, that just being with the breath is the most important thing, but that the sense of being relaxed and with the breath is way more important. And the relaxation of attention is far more important than what I'm paying attention to. So very gently beginning to explore this, okay, this is what it means to be relaxed. And so that's why I often begin a guided meditation with this relaxation, 
We learn through that process what it means to be relaxing and paying attention. And then we can gently start to recognize, okay, and what does it mean then to turn that relaxed attention to some experience like the breath? So for me, this is something I like to emphasize for people because I think there's the idea that we have when we talk about mindfulness of breathing that it means we're just supposed to hold on to that. But there's a way, it's way more important how you pay attention to it. So being patient and being friendly with your mind around it and not like saying, yes, we're going to do this. You know, kind of being, you know, the, uh, the emperor. <laughs> this is what we're going to do right now. Having that kind of rigid approach. So um, this exploration of what it means for you. I offered you some of the ways that I found helpful for me. This is an exploration that we each have to make for ourselves. And, and what's your name? Myla. Myla offered her experience of that, kind of the expanding on the in-breath and the feeling of it kind of taking the whole body, that that brings in the relaxation. That's great that you found that. I mean, we each kind of need to find our own way to, to this. How do we bring this relaxation into being attentive? So a few more pieces out of this, um, these instructions. Um, the first instruction is just when you're breathing in, know that you're breathing in. When you're breathing out, know that you're breathing out. And, um, you know, that's a pretty simple instruction. And I think it can help us in that one to recognize, okay, and that knowing needs to be relaxed. So I would add that piece for the instruction. When you're breathing in, know that you're breathing in, and can that knowing be relaxed? Then the next part is... Um, knowing whether the breath is long or short. And so this is beginning to um, keep us more attentive to the breath as it goes in and out. That we, we recognize, okay, there's, there's, a, there's a breath, and oh, you know, we're kind of tracking the breath a little bit more carefully. Oh, that breath is a little longer, and that breath is a little shorter. Now, one thing that I like to mention when I bring this part in, um, we often have the notion, and this is an idea that comes, I could just make the joke, it's because we live in California, but I think it's broader than that. You know, we've got this idea that a, a relaxed breath is a very long, deep breath, right? I mean... That's a relaxed breath, you know. Um, And in certain states of mind, that is a relaxed breath. But we carry that idea into our meditation, and we, we sometimes get the idea that unless the breath is very long and slow, that it means that we're not relaxed. But what seems to happen as we actually, as our minds settle down, as the breathing settles down, What seems to happen in our bodies, what's a natural experience of of what goes on physiologically, is that the breath gets shorter. The more relaxed we are, the more the mind and body are settled down, it gets shorter because there's less need for oxygen. You know, there's there's the the mind and body have become much more relaxed and um, at ease. And so the breath naturally becomes more short and shallow. This doesn't mean that you're not relaxed. But we can. I mean, I remember this idea of, oh, my breath is so short. You know, that that must mean, and I'd get tense around that. Because, oh, I'm not breathing. Am I going to have enough oxygen? So all of these ideas would come into my mind. But it was just the natural process of the body unfolding. And so we we can start to see, again, how the mind and body interact. And when I began to recognize, oh, this is just the way the body's breathing, and the mind relaxed around the fact that there was a short breath, and that's just what was happening. Also, another piece here that I find um, 
Now, the, the, the mindfulness of breathing, one piece I want to just bring in, you know, the mindfulness of breathing, it's the first instruction that the Buddha gives around meditation, but it is not a beginning instruction. I mean, it is a beginning instruction in that it's a great place to begin our meditation, but it isn't just what we begin with and then, you know, we go on to something else. Because mindfulness of breathing actually can take us very deep into our experience. It can really reveal so much and open us to um, many, many insights into how we hold on, what we're frustrated around, how we grab onto things, how we like things, we want to hold on to them. this, This practice of mindfulness of breathing was the Buddha's meditation practice. You know, he would go off and practice mindfulness of breathing for months after he was enlightened. Partly, he said, it's a pleasant abiding to do that. It's a pleasant thing to pay attention to the breathing. It brings this settledness into the body. So this exploration of the breathing begins to um, inform us and teach us about many things. And so this Noticing how as the body and mind relax, the breath gets shorter. Um, One of the things that happens here is that we pay attention, we're paying attention with mindfulness to our experience. And initially the feeling of the breathing, you know, we we sit down after after walking around in our daily lives and the breathing can be pretty clear. You know, take a run or go to the gym and then stop. And the experience of breathing is pretty obvious, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. And so the, the, the level of mindfulness that we need to pay attention to that, it's, it's pretty accessible. We can meet that experience. And then as we sit there and the mind settles down and the body relaxes and the heartbeat settles, you know, the, the breathing gets a little bit more calm. And so it's a little quieter the experience of breathing. So the, the awareness or the mindfulness that, that was so, you know, that was, that was paying attention to this more obvious kind of breathing, as the breathing settles down and gets quieter, the deep or the, the, the level or the kind of the continuity of the mindfulness settles down to meet that new experience. So as, we, as the mind settles down, I mean, as the body settles down, if we're going to stay with that experience of breathing, the mind needs to settle down to meet it. And then the more we stay, the, the body settles down yet more, and then the mind needs to settle down even more. And I've seen for myself, this is, uh, this is it's, it's, it's such a beautiful practice, actually, because the breath the more we attend to the breath, the more and more refined the breath gets, and thereby the, the more and more clear and refined the awareness needs to get in order to meet it. So it's a beautiful practice that way. And as, you know, as I said initially, as the breath started getting short, it's like, wait a minute, I can't feel the breath, where is it? Maybe I should breathe harder. Okay, there, I can feel that one. And, you know, I was kind of getting in the way of that natural settling of body and mind. And there can be times in our meditation as the breathing settles down um, that we lose track of it for a little while. It's, It's almost like the mindfulness isn't quite able to meet that experience yet. And so it's just more of kind of like, okay, can I just hang out? playing with, can I just be there? Can I just hang out? And, and I play with that kind of peripheral vision again. You know, the, the more... We have a tendency, as things get more subtle, to push in harder. Many of us have a tendency to push in harder. Oh, it's subtle. i got to look harder. And what I found actually is that, no, actually you need to relax back more and more. The more relaxed and soft the awareness can be, the more subtle, the more um, refined it can the more refined experience it can meet. So it's, uh, that's an exploration. It's not, it's not a problem when the breath gets more subtle. It's a, it's, it's a realm at that point of playground. Okay, the breath has settled down. The mindfulness isn't quite there to meet that. Can I kind of just 
play with this a little bit. How might I relax back a little bit more to be able to meet this more subtle experience? What I've also seen in this terrain as the breathing gets more subtle is that it tends to be that the mind will start to wander more. Because initially, when we're up at this level of the obvious experience of breathing and the mind able to meet that, it's pretty easy to stay with the breath. As the experience of the body gets more refined and the the mindfulness can't quite find it as easily, that tends to be a place where the mind will wander off. It doesn't mean that you're not doing it right. In fact, I've seen this as just a kind of a, a, a... a way of knowing, in fact, that the mind, is, the mind and body are starting to settle down. It's kind of a hallmark for me. If I sit down and meditate and the body is kind of full of lively experience and I'm sitting, hanging out with all that lively experience, being with it, pretty easy to be with it, the moment the mind starts to wander, it's like, oh, okay, the mind is set, the body is settled down. What is the experience now? It's almost like the... The mindfulness is, is stuck at the level of paying attention to what it was used to paying attention to. And then as the body settles down, it's like it goes off. So I use that wandering not as a way to say, oh, pay attention harder, but more, oh, experience has softened. How can I meet this new kind of more quiet experience? So... I'll just say one more piece because I've got a minute. (laughs) Um, The next aspect of the um, exploration is to begin to see, can we feel the breath through the body, through the whole body? That's the next instruction, is feeling the whole body, breathing in and breathing out. And this this, again, I think points to broadening the awareness the way I explore this is I kind of know the experience where I'm attending to the breath here at the center of my body. But I kind of get the attention broad, kind of like what Milo, Milo was saying, Milo, Milo, Milo was saying, you know, just like feeling, feeling the sense of the whole body, that there's a way in which it feels like the whole body is um, breathing in and breathing out. You, you can kind of feel that. And maybe at the next, the, next, um, the next meeting, I'll begin with a guided meditation on this exploration of whole body breathing. Because it's a very interesting thing to begin to see. You know, it's not just here. I actually can feel, you know, my arms slightly. I can feel, I can feel it kind of moving into my head. That, that if, as we explore while we breathe, we can see that there's a, a connection with experience throughout the whole body. And so we need to stop now. So continue next week. Thank you.